Welcome to Kenny and the Coaches. We are in the early stages of the high school football season, and we are also entering into the thick of the fast pitch season here in our great state of Oklahoma. On this episode, I'm talking with Lone Grove fast pitch coach Dennis Furr. Since Coach Furr has taken over the head coaching position, all he's done is win. Two years as head coach, two years as 4A state champions. And here's our conversation. All right, Coach, thanks for taking a little bit of time. I know it's a busy time of year for you, but I appreciate you taking a little bit of time and visiting with me today. Uh, no problem. Thanks now, for having me. Oh, no problem at all. No problem at all. Now, first off, Coach, I always make sure I ask this question of all the coaches I have on, but who were some of the people in your life that kind of influenced your decision, your decision to become a coach? Um, my, uh, my high school wrestling coach, uh, Mike Peck, uh, Marlowe um, was a had a big impact on my life and and uh, you know did a lot of things for me that uh, probably wasn't you know part of his job description necessarily mm-hmm. uh, looked to him as a father figure and he really influenced me a lot as far as uh, what I do every day and what I do as a coach mm-hmm Okay. Uh, why why fast pitch? Is it something that you always had a passion for? The reason why you know, I ask that is a lot of people that I talk with, even me included, you know, you go into coaching and it's like, I'm going to be a, uh, a football coach. But it turns out you kind of find out that you really like coaching another sport. Was that, is fast pitch something that you always wanted to do or is it kind of something you kind of fell in love with? Um, You know, I, my first job out of college was a head wrestling coach. Mm-hmm. I was a wrestler. Um, I got asked to coach junior high softball at Plainview in 1999. And uh, basically because I had umpired my, through college and the head coach there, Jeff Small, I had umpired a lot of their games. And he uh, asked me about coaching junior high softball. And I agreed to do it, and I just uh, fell in love with that game. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and my personality fit for some reason, fit well uh, better coaching girls than it did guys. Yeah. Uh, and, and I I had, I just felt more comfortable um, doing that and was having more success. And along the way, kind of uh, navigated my way into being a head uh, softball coach and out of wrestling. You know, you I, there is something to that, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. Sometimes it's just – you even even as as a male, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to coach male sports. Sometimes it's just you, what you your style of coaching just kind of uh, fits more towards the girls' game. And that's not saying anything about the girls' game or the guys' game. I've kind of noticed that too. There's some there's some people that just the the other the other gender. It seems like they do a better job, or you feel more comfortable. I guess is what what I'm kind of getting at. You feel a little bit more comfortable with the like coaching girls sports. I, I've kind of noticed that kind of being the thing. Cause sometimes it's, I don't, I don't know what that, what that is either, but I've kind of noticed that kind of being a thing. It's just, you're, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you may, you may be able to speak more on that than I can. Yeah. And I, I think it's just, um, you know, a, a different fit and, and my personality and my, uh, and I guess my coaching style, uh, it was just easier for me mm-hmm. uh, coaching girls, and and not that I approach it any differently. It's just the way I coach and 
what I did, it seemed to be I got a better response. Uh, kids, maybe uh, kids react more positively towards uh, me as a coach on the other side. So yeah, and, and I mean I. I enjoy coaching boys sports, and actually, this uh, winter we'll be back. Uh, Longgroves added wrestling program, so I'll be back as an assistant wrestling coach here. Uh, but and have done some junior high baseball and stuff like that. But uh, it's just it was better for me. I enjoyed it more, and it may have been more about the game that I liked it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for whatever reason, I, I just found myself more successful, more drawn to being able to coach uh, girls softball. Yeah, I, I hear you, and I totally understand that. Now, what is it about coaching that made you decide that as a career? I know it's not for the money. Uh, no, definitely <laughs> not for the money. Uh, I think it's the competition. And, you know, when I went to when I went to college, I, I, I was going to do something else. And then as I, while I was in college, I got um, – and job as a student assistant uh, coach in Medill High School, and uh, and I and it, just the competition, the, mm-hmm. the uh, just being able to work with kids, and the and I just draw to the competition, and the that aspect of it, you know, where you're, you're trying, there's a just something to it. I I, I think of myself as a, a competitor, and I I like competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in sports, so I think that was it. Uh, now it wasn't wasn't my first pick out of high school is what I was going to do, but um, really as a uh, as a student assistant at Medill, I was like, man, this is what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. so that's the way I went. That's something I, I I think I've probably said it on just about every one of these I've done. If coaching's in your blood, it's, you're going to find your way to it at some point in your life. No, you can't. You can't escape it. No, I don't believe you can either. Now, talk a little bit about the. I mean, you guys are the back-to-back defending state champions in four A. Talk a little bit about the differences between the first and the second championships. What was, what was the differences in the pressures of the two? Uh you know, um, that first championship was my first year here at Long Grove too, and the talent there was. Uh, so much talent on that team. Um, now they had, we had just graduated. Uh, Emmy Guthrie, who was, you know, a, a top twenty-five player in the country, I believe, uh, and she was going to pitch at University of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So you had lost her and a couple other really good players. But the talent at Long Grove that first season was overwhelming. We had to. There were some growing pains early. Uh, you know, having to uh, bring in a new pitcher and kind of groom her into what she needed to be in order for us to be successful. Um, and, and, you know, that was the main thing is just trying to trying to uh, adjust to the kids that were here and have them adjust to me and, and just get on the same page, same wavelength, and, and uh, you know, them buy into what my philosophies were and, Mm-hmm. And the way I coached, and and it went well. You know, we early in the season that first year, we there were some there were some tough times. You know, mm-hmm. that first season I was here, we we had two young men that uh, mm-hmm. had died in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. 
two baseball players that were really close to a bunch of the softball players, really close to everybody in the school. So, you know, that happened the opening week of our season. So, uh, mm. that was a real challenge. Uh, yeah. Navigating that, that that's not something you ever want to go through. And, mm. and, and still to this day, you know, uh, we still, we still try to honor those kids and, and those families and our kids haven't forgotten nor they will they ever. Uh, yeah. so, um, that was, that was a tough deal. Um, but you know, as the season went along, we, we, uh, kind of embraced the role of, you know, that we were, we were playing for more than ourselves and, and it ended up, you know, winning 25 straight games to finish the season and uh, win a state championship. But with that first class, uh, that first group, we graduated, man, uh, three All-Staters, uh, mm. uh, five starters that were big-time players. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was tough. Uh coming into that second season I, I don't know that this last season that a lot of people outside of the kids that were in our locker room really thought we had a chance you know and, mm -hmm. and there's probably some doubt in our locker room honestly yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and putting so many new faces out there that second season was the same way early in the season was a bit of a struggle uh, we we and we had a bit of a target on our back always getting everybody's best shot and, mm -hmm. uh, you know but we're able to get it together and actually you know finish the season really strong playing really high high level softball um, and ended up winning I don't know 17 or 18 in a row to uh, finish that last season too and win another state championship and were even more dominant at the state tournament you know we went to mm -hmm. the whole regional and state tournament without giving up a run wow uh, yes. so uh, yeah we we got going at the right time and got it together. The, the kids that had stepped in and filled the roles of, of those kids we lost probably on paper weren't as near as talented, but together as a group, uh, really got together uh, and, and played really well. Mm -hmm. uh, how have your girls approached the off season and how hard have they worked towards defending those back-to-back -back state championships this, this summer? Um, oh, I mean, I actually started, you know, way back in the, in the fall after season was over. We, uh, we really tried to, uh, um, embrace the work that we needed to put in as in the weight room, mm -hmm. uh, and tried to take that to a new level or a higher level than what we've been doing in the past. And our kids have gotten so much stronger and so much faster and, and doing everything a little bit better because of that you know we're, you're really limited on what you can do as far as practice time yeah uh, with only being able to do what you can do during your athletic class until you know school's out so uh what we did is we we offered kids time in the weight room after school you mm -hmm. know and pretty much on a voluntary basis basically um but our kids showed up in, in droves and I mean we were we were lifting four days a week basically and kids were showing up after school on their own time and and really getting after it and I'm uh, I'm seeing a whole lot of 
that showing up on the field too and practice and stuff just being so much stronger and faster and and uh, hopefully you know we that's going to be a big advantage for us during the season yeah that that's pretty cool as a coach whenever you see that kind of click in a group of kids that they're willing to do you know voluntary you don't even have to put a mandatory on it you know because they're going to show up that's that's cool whenever you see that click in a group of kids yeah i mean we're we're this this uh, uh this spring this and in through the winter i mean we're having 30 plus kids show up to lift weights after school so wow. Uh, wow. it's it's a uh for a girl softball team that's that's a large number and and they, they worked so hard, got so much stronger. I, you know, they, they've they got a taste of uh, winning and success, and I think, you know, they want – they know uh, what that feels like and want to experience it over and over. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can keep that momentum going throughout the season and years to come. Now what does, what does this season kind of look like for the Lady Longhorns? I mean, who are some of the key players you're going to have this year? Uh, you know – we, we dropped out of class. Mm-hmm. We're no longer 4A, we're 3A, which brings another challenge. You know, there's uh, Washington um, is back-to-back 3A champs. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did happen to play them last year, and, and we beat them 1-0 in a really, really close game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it brings a new competition. Um, mm-hmm. We've got – we graduated again uh, – four really really good players you know we graduated five the year before and four this year that um started and played pretty much every game uh so there's new faces out there again um uh, mm-hmm. lots of talent we 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 are incoming freshman classes i i keep, i haven't been here very long but i i would uh venture to say maybe uh the most talented group coming in as freshmen mm. that Longgrove's ever had okay. um, there there's a lot of really good players in the in that ninth grade class so or freshman class so um we we graduate our pitcher um emma wilson and won two state championships in a row uh the the improvement she's had or had over the last two seasons was incredible um mm-hmm. so we're gonna introduce a new pitcher uh we got a few kids that are vying for that spot but pitching is going to be a strength uh you know we have three freshmen that are really talented pitchers uh Braley spence is a kid that as a freshman is is actually ranked in the ranked number three in the country oh. in the freshman class overall wow Okay. Uh, super talented kid. Uh, she's going to just create things along Grove. And then Bryce Wade is a uh, another freshman, uh, incredible athlete, uh, gifted um, by her size. Uh, just a little over six foot tall. Uh, a few months older than fourteen years old. She's a big kid. Yeah, throws the ball really hard. Going to throw it in the mid sixties probably right now as as a freshman and then um also leah long is a kid that has gotten better and better and works her tail off it's going to be a really talented kid for us too um we have three other pitchers on staff that have pitched innings the last 
last season, uh, sophomore uh, Caitlin Hollander. Another kid works really hard, really quality pitcher. Um, Jesse Schumann, uh, kid that works so hard, really talented, can really swing the bat. You know, last year was hitting in the middle of our lineup as a freshman and was one of our best hitters, but is a quality pitcher also and brings a different dynamic. She's a heavy drop ball kid, going to throw it close to 60 miles an hour. Uh, the other kids that we have that pitch are, are going to attack the top of the zone, and Jesse's more at the bottom of the zone. So, really quality kid. Um, it gives us a different look. And then uh, finally, a junior, uh, Cadence Lampkin, threw a lot of innings last year, beat some really, really quality teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, tremendous upside. Uh, has got a new, uh, kind of developed a rise ball over the winter. So, she's. Uh, going to be better than she has been any other season. Really, really quality changeup. So, from a pitching standpoint, man, we're loaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, I could throw any of those six kids and have a chance in every game, and and that's that's uh, you know a testament to our program and the type of kids we have right now. They they really we have a great pitching staff, and, and that's going to allow uh, kids to have rest and. Mm-hmm. us to be able to do stuff and and none of those kids are seniors so yeah. it's going to be that way for a while yeah. uh, um so we uh and then we return uh aaron human who's a d1 commit she just uh, recently committed to uh, central arkansas uh she's a catcher third baseman uh that's jesse's uh older sister great okay. player started last year uh, had a great season for us last year. Um, Lily Hacker's another senior. Um, well, she's been a two-year starter here for me both seasons. Mm-hmm. Played first base as a sophomore, and then last year as a junior starter at third base. Uh, really quality player, great kid. Another senior that uh, will be in the lineup uh, day one is uh, Brooklyn Langford. Last year as a junior, uh, was her first year to start. Kid that honestly, when I got here, wasn't a very good player. I didn't think not. Great kid, hard worker. Mm-hmm. Could do mm-hmm. some things, just wasn't very skilled. Um, but has really worked her tail off. And you know, last year uh, was our second or third leading heat hitter last year uh, on a really talented team. So she has worked really hard continues to work hard i'm expecting her to have a great season uh you know kid that went from not playing hardly at all as a sophomore to he's going to have opportunities to play at the next level after the season mm-hmm. um and then um you know we just have a a large amount of young kids hunter gardner's a freshman i look to mm-hmm. uh, do some good things this season um elena ortiz is another senior we have that'll has some opportunities to get in the lineup probably as either as a hitter or playing defensively. Um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, Markley McMurtry is a sophomore, started last year as a freshman, uh, played second base. Uh, just uh, really small kid, not real big, but just plays way bigger than she looks. Yeah. Uh, just uh, got so much fight, so much heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Joe Tudor's a junior, KJ Tudor, and she, uh, you know, she got the game-winning hit in the semifinals to beat Hilldale last year. 
Um, just a mm-hmm. uh, scrappy kid, gets the job done, has a really good swing. Uh, and then, you know, there's just, uh, I don't know, Ivy Gay is another senior. This will be her, uh, has played a little bit her sophomore and junior season, not an everyday starter, has a chance to be an everyday starter this year, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, a kid that's worked really hard to earn her spot. She'll be competing with a couple underclassmen. Uh, to get on the field. Uh, Jordan Rigney is a freshman, super talented kid. I uh, love the way she works and competes. Uh, Michaela Heath is a sophomore that's working really hard. She's got a chance to get out there and be in the starting lineup. Uh, just There's just a ton of kids right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, have, we have 32, <laughs> 32 players on our, on our roster right now, yeah. uh, which is probably – and maybe the largest team Longrose ever had. Yeah. And uh, the program's just growing. Of course, when you're having success, everybody wants to be a part of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not everybody gets to either. I mean, the work that's got to be put in mm-hmm. uh, to be able to be a part of it is is a lot. And But we've got 32 kids that are showing up, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, and it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, it sounds like you're – Overall, pretty young and loaded again. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very young, and I mean, we have six seniors over, uh, six senior players that have been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, really tough kids, great leaders. Uh, but you know, we also have twenty six underclassmen that are ready to perform um, and do what they need to do for us to be successful and them be successful. So, yeah, yeah we're – it's going to be a fun year. Yeah. Now, you you talked about playing Washington. Um, you guys play them this year, right? Yeah, they're on schedule. We went to their place last year. They're going to return the favor and come to Long Grove this year. Uh, I think it's the third week of the season maybe on yeah. a Thursday. Yeah. Now, that's probably, uh, probably going to be the fast-pitch game of the – season you know the back-to-back defending 4a champions dropping down and now they're playing the back-to-back defending 3a champions do you think i know like in basketball they have the tournament of champions is there anything like that in fast pitch no we don't and people have tried to do some stuff like that Mm -hmm. but your schedule's done so far out in advance it's just kind of hard to yeah like to stay in the same events uh year in year out so I think there's a little bit more time with basketball when they're doing their scheduling and stuff that yeah. they're able to do that. But we haven't been able to. Now, we, I tell people all the time, we're out there trying to find somebody to beat us. Uh, so we mm. try to go to the toughest stuff in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. you know, every, every season. We open up, actually, the first weekend of the season, we go to Broken Arrow Tournament, which is a lot for bigger schools, but we'll play Edmund Memorial the first game. Mm. And they're the defending 6A champs. And yep. Later that weekend, we play a Wausau, and they're the defending runner-up 6A. So uh, they were the 6A runner-up last year. So, you know, we we those first few weeks when we can, we're and then this week two, we're in the Moore Festival or Southmore Festival where we'll play a lot of 6A teams again mm-hmm. uh, that are really talented. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm i big on, you know, iron sharpens iron. You, oh, yeah. You, mm-hmm. If you're afraid to get beat, then you're not going to get any better. I, I truly believe that uh, uh, failure makes you better. 
Yes. If you've got the right mindset and you're wanting to improve, you know, when you, when you get beat, uh, it forces you to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, 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 I try to build our schedule as tough as we can possibly build it, you know, and, and so we, uh, we go out and try to find people that can beat us. And, and, you know, we got those first two weekends with Broken Arrow and then the Southmore Festival. And week three, we go the day after, actually, we play Washington on Thursday. Friday, we go to the Murray State uh, Festival and we play Caddo and Picola. And they're the mm-hmm. Class A and 2A state champs. Man, yeah. So uh, we're, we're, we're trying to – hunting them down trying to play them and, and, and losing yeah we want to go win every game we can and we're going to play to win every game we can but you know it, it makes you better uh, oh, yeah. so I, I, we're not afraid of that um, we're, we're trying to push ourselves so that when we get to the state tournament you know we're able to relax and just play softball because we we play teams as good or better than those teams all year long yeah absolutely that sounds kind of like you got one <laughs> Probably have the toughest schedule in the state. Sounds like if you're playing all the defending state champions like that. That's that's a pretty tough schedule. Yeah, I think we've got them all except for uh, somewhere in the road. And I I haven't got a, a few tournaments and festivals. Uh, the stuff lined out, but we don't have Piedmont, which they're the returning five A champ, and I, I'm not <laughs> sure uh, who play. Uh, Stewart won Class B. We don't have them, but yeah. the other ones they're there. Uh, yeah. So. We're trying. Uh, we're trying to get better and trying to push ourselves and, yeah. you know, and see where we are and what we need to get better at. Yeah. Now, I always ask this question of fast pitch coaches, too. Why can't we move fast pitch to the spring so it matches up with its college counterpart like every other sport does? You know, I, I think there's something to the fact with, with teachers and coaches and, uh, you know, there's a lot of fast pitch coaches that are baseball coaches, too. Okay. So, yeah. and, and so there's some fight there, you know, and having to hire an extra person maybe uh, to do. But and then there's also, you know, slow pitch has been around a long time, and 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 uh, there's some opposition from the slow pitch community that you know mm-hmm. they don't want to lose their sport. And, uh, I I I really, other than that, I'm really not sure why not. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it helps us some in Oklahoma that allows the, like our college coaches to come watch high school games where they don't get to in, in um, like in, in Texas spring. they're playing in the spring and mm-hmm. college coaches can't really come watch them play high school which adds a little bit to the high school game here in Oklahoma that you know our college coaches you know we got a broken arrow there'll be True. it's yeah. 60 college coaches there at that complex when that, yeah. that term is going on. So mm-hmm. uh, that that gives our kids a little bit of an opportunity that maybe they don't get in other states. Uh, but, there, I mean, there's always talk about moving it. And there's always people that want I, To me, it doesn't – I don't know. I Either way, I don't really – Yeah. It doesn't affect me one way or the other. Uh, but I'm not in that position to make the decision either. I, I can see the – pluses and minuses to um all of it mm-hmm. so it's just you know just go with the flow for me yeah now coach before i let you go i asked i've started doing this thing where i ask big uh, big three questions to people i have on it's nothing it's totally off the off the grid of fast pitch 
Okay. Okay. First question: What is something people would be surprised that Dennis Fur is bad at? Bad at. Yeah. <clears throat> uh. Uh. Putting laundry up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think there'd probably a, be a lot a of people dad, that, I, as a single dad, I may live out of my bad clothes basket way more than I should. <laughs> uh, um, That's a good one. I, uh, I'm not uh, um, paperwork organization. That might be kind of the same as getting the clothes out of the basket. Uh, <laughs> not my strong suit. I do. I try with my assistants to make sure I have people that are good at that kind of stuff to help me out along the way. So yeah. uh, that's not one of my. Uh, I would. I wouldn't say awful. Worse, <laughs> it's worse than bad. Yeah. All right. If you could visit with any athlete or coach to pick their brain, past or present, who would it be? Um. Uh, um. Probably Michael Jordan. That's a good. One. Uh, I, the stuff I read and see and hear, the, the competitiveness and just some of the things he says, is some of the things that I bought along my career, like as a competitor. Uh, I, I just, the way he acts and carries himself and not anybody's perfect, but um, mm -hmm. as a competitor, he fascinates me. Like the stuff, the stories you hear about, you know, how the trash talk motivates him. Yeah. How, how he gets into that. Uh, you know, I, I had heard one time on ESPN when I was in high school that, you know, him say that, uh, uh, he hated losing more than he loved winning. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm kind of in that same boat. I, I feel the same way. I can't, I don't like it. Yeah. And I can walk off the field losing, I mean, winning, no, you know, and, and feel like that's what I was supposed to do. Yep. Like, no mm -hmm. real celebration there. Mm -hmm. But if I get beat, boy, it stings. <laughs> yeah. It hurts. Yeah. All right, and final question. You go to the local Long Grove Pizza Palace or whatever it is there in Long Grove, and on the menu is the Dennis Fur Pizza. What's on it? I need to know the toppings, the sauce, and the type of crust. Well, I'm uh, Papa's here. I like the chicken, uh, chicken Alfredo. All right. And I'm pretty basic, so it's just the Alfredo sauce and chicken, basically. No, and, no red sauce. No, no red go. sauce. There you uh, go. And just uh, thin crust. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, Coach Fur, thank you again for joining me. I uh, just want to say good luck to you and the Lady Longhorns. Hopefully, you have a successful season. And you keep building on what you got going on there over in Carter County. All right, appreciate you letting me be on here and promote my program, and uh, good luck to all the other coaches out there trying to win a state championship too. Thanks to Coach Fur for being on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. A new episode comes out every Sunday at 10 a.m. on your favorite podcasting site. And don't forget about Not So Instant Replay exclusively on the Kenny and the Coaches Facebook page every Wednesday at noon. Also, you can check out the Kenny and the Coaches website in the description below. And finally, if you're on Twitter, or X as it's called now, just search at Kenny Coaches. And don't forget, that's K-E-N-N-E-Y in the Coaches. Until next time.